Welcome to episode 10 of the Bible Unmasked. We are so glad you joined us again this evening. I am Elizabeth. This is Dexter. And we have some special guests with us who are international here. We have our um, sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, Dexter's sister, Suzanne Douglas. Welcome, Suzanne. Uh, thank you for having me. Yes. And we also have from my um, beloved country, Canada, up on, um, we have also Elizabeth Taylor Lewis. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. We are so glad both of you are here with us. And um, Dexter, we are going to be doing the book of Esther today. And your theme that you chose for that was God's timely interventions. Can you tell us a little bit about the theme and also why you've um, chosen our guest here today. Wonderful. So again, we're studying the Bible through themes. Um, last year, we just read it through. But this year, we're looking at what, what are some central ideas in each book of the Bible that we could apply to our day-to-day -day experiences. And the book of Esther, we see God working through happenstance. We see his providential guidance in the nick of time blessings throughout the book. I mean, if I was a playwright, this would be the most drama-filled book in the entire Bible. Right. I mean, you think about it. While Esther, um, while, while um, Haman is going to the king to get permission to kill people like Mordecai, the, the king the night before had a dream because he couldn't sleep and he read how Mordecai had helped him so Haman is excited. He's like, whoa, a big promotion is coming my way. But no, the king said, I want you yeah. to go bless the Jew, Mordecai. Boom, in his face. So you have those, those twists and turns. So I, I see God's timely intervention. Now, with all that drama, why <laughs> did I choose Elizabeth Taylor Lewis and Susan <laughs> Thomas? <laughs> a drama woman. <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth has some mountain moving stories. Um, she's a so social worker by profession. Um, she is the wife of one husband. I like saying that. Yeah. And she has two kids. Um, and, and just just she's she's been such an impactful speaker, testifier to some amazing, miraculous incidences where God has come through in some big and timely ways. And we, we want a taste of some of those. And Susie, this, this has been one of my all time favorite people in the world. This is the, I would say the top five persons to impact my entire life. Susie's the one who brought me to Christ. And every major moment I've had in my life, she's had a part in it. I mean, our father died years ago. Guess who walked me down the aisle? <laughs> Susie inserted herself. She changed up the wedding narrative. She's like, I'm walking you down the aisle. <laughs> I um, took over my mother's position. <laughs> but Susie, um, um, so Suzanne is a teacher by profession, teaches high school, um, the, the mother of two children, just like Elizabeth. And just amazing, powerful testimonies. So I can't wait to get into you guys' stories. Yes. Okay, well, let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to grab our Bibles and get into it. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much that we can come again 
to study your word, to talk and discuss. And we just pray that, uh, your anointing on this, on our lips, and that viewers may be blessed as we share and as we um, glean from your Bible um, practical tips for our own lives. Um, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Amen. amen. So many of you will um, probably know the story of Esther. So we're going to kind of jump in here and we're going to be looking at chapter one, verse 10 to 12. And um, you, if you remember the background, here's King Xerxes and he is having a party. On the seventh day of the feast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him, Mahuman, Bistha, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagatha, Zathar, and Carcass, wow. <laughs> to bring Queen Vashti to him with the royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. But when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious and he burned with anger. So we can get a tip from this, and that is that God's, God's blessings through others' evils. And our question is, how has God blessed you through the evil deeds of others? So here's the setup. Here's the setup, Liz. Um, this is Liz, my wife. Yeah. The, the mm -hmm. setup is this. <laughs> God took a drunken party mm -hmm. to set up his people for victory. Mm -hmm. Now, let me, let, me, let me clarify. God never needs evil to bless us. Mm -hmm. I, I know some people think that, well, God needed. God don't need evil to bless you, but he could use evil to uplift and change your life. Like Joseph said to his yeah. brothers, what you meant for evil God meant it. God meant it so that you could have food on your table. If God you turns it around for good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, so the story yes. began with this setup. A drunken mm -hmm. party. He calls mm -hmm. Rashti. She says no. Boom. Mm -hmm. She gets thrown out. Mm -hmm. Esther becomes the queen. Right. Mm -hmm. So you ladies, I don't know which one of you has a, a story like that where there was an experience, you know, where where somebody messed up they tried to hurt you uh, or some event but god used this this terrible situation and it has been a pillar of blessing in your life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you don't have anything i would jump right ahead to question two since i give you all the theological context of how this drama mm -hmm. began unfolding mm -hmm. Mm well, I have a story um, that happened more than 10 years ago. I was living in a basement suite and mm -hmm. um, I came home and I saw things, cupboards opened and things were not in their usual place. Somebody mm -hmm. had broken into my apartment and mm -hmm. it was not a good feeling to have. Um, and they had stolen a couple of things and I went through the whole process and in the end, Mm -hmm. um, there was a little bit of a silver lining to it in that I got a brand new computer and I got a few other new technology things that ended up being an upgrade um, mm -hmm. from what I originally had. So that was my silver lining through that experience. And you still mm -hmm. have that computer working to them. Mm -hmm. Brand new. Right. <laughs> um, I I also had an experience where I was in um I was experiencing some pain 
actually, actually I thought the pain was, um, I thought I was pregnant again. Um, but out of that evil, in terms of the day I was going home, the maxi or the transport system that we use in Trinidad was robbed. So instead of going to Port of Spain, which is in a different direction, the maxi went in the opposite direction. I took a maxi to go in the opposite direction because there were um, too many individuals. It was difficult to get a maxi to go to my direction. So I took a maxi to go to the opposite direction in a particular tongue to get an empty vehicle. Long and short story, the maxi was robbed. And, uh, and the driver came out with a cutlass where we had to go to the police station, et cetera. Um, in a nutshell, if I had taken a correct maxi that would not have been robbed, I would have gone home in pain where my husband was not home at that time. So God allowed that evil to take place so that I, I could have gone by a friend's home because it was too late after all the commotion. I could have gone by a friend's home whose father had transport to take me directly to the hospital. Um, what had happened is that my fallopian, the child was lodged in my fallopian tube where I needed to take, I had an emergency operation. So out of that evil, in terms of that maxi being robbed, I going home, I might have been a dead woman, um, but I would not have been telling this story. But God turned it around because oh. he wanted me to go by a friend of mine who had transport, who saw the emergency that I needed to be at the hospital and get that operation immediately. Wow. So yes. see, that's a timely intervention. Yes. That's an Esther story. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's go to number two now. And this is now jumping ahead to chapter four, verse 11. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his golden scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. Okay, so this we know now in the story, Esther, she's the queen and she, um, this ruling of not being able to go to the king here. So she, um, our tip that we get from this is courage that triggers blessings. Mm -hmm. uh, so our question is, what blessing have you triggered because you took a step forward in faith? Mm -hmm. Good question. And again, some more context. And it's me alone against mm -hmm. these three women. And um, <laughs> women love to use Esther as this heroine. But in reality, Esther was a coward. She was a big coward and she was only thinking about her own interests. Mordecai had to be like, girl, let me tell you something. If you think you're going to preserve yourself, you, you've got to twist it. Mm -hmm. If you don't stand up, you too will die along with the other Jews. Yes. And, and thank God for people who would challenge us to be people of courage. And that's where Esther, you know, she got some backbone and she's like, look, if I perish, I perish. She asks for prayer, you know? In fact, Mordecai said to her, look, if you don't do it, let me tell you something, you're going to perish, but deliverance will come for the Jews from another place. God wants to use you, but if you mm -hmm. say no thanks, God is not limited to mm -hmm. you. And, and I think, you know, what I learned from the story is not because you are backed in a corner, it means God is. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So, Miss Taylor Lewis, 
Mm-hmm. What, what do you have on, on, on this question where you step forward by faith and the Red Seas were parted on your behalf? I thank you for asking. You asked about stepping out in faith. So uh, when I was, I think, 30-something, I decided to go back to school um, mm-hmm. to become a social worker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going back to school at a, <laughs> that sounds like a really old age for kids who are just going, you know, graduating from high school. And I, you know, it was just like my husband keep encouraging me and everybody said, you know, you always have this seal. And when I was working at the school, the kids was like, you should be a social worker. I actually wanted to become a vet, but people would laugh at me and make it look like it was a bad profession. Now mm-hmm. I wish I had followed through on what God wanted me to be. But then anyhow, so when I, while I was going to school, it wasn't easy, you know, um, not having gone to school for so long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was doing, I figure I have my goal. I have to finish before I was 40. Because, you know, going to university could, could take a long time, especially when you have, a, a, you know, kids and you have a husband and you have to work. And I used to do like six courses at one time. And if you go to university, you know, doing six courses at one time is madness. Mm -hmm. But I end up doing that. And I live like 70 kilometers from the university and I work 120 kilometers away from my home. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I would just go straight from work to university. And I remember there are times when I have, for the seventh stuff I was doing, all of them are due, you know, one, eight o'clock, one, nine thirty, a presentation at 11, a test at one thirty, another presentation and tests and everything. And I remember one time I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. And especially when we come to stats because I'm not a math person. And I remember one night the Holy Spirit wake me up and said, look, I know you don't know how to do it. I'm going to show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I look around and I'm like, what's this? And would you believe it? I got an A on that test. Ask me how I get it till this day. I have no idea. Ask me how to explain it to you. I have no idea. And then I end up, after I finish two bachelor's degree in three and a half years, (laughs) which one generally takes four years, then I figured, you know what, in order to do the social work that I can and get the money, I need to have a master's degree. And I applied only to University of Toronto. And normally they take like 3,000 applications and they only pick 70. And God bless me, I was one of those in one of the 70. Wow. And, you know, I have worked with people with mental health and I've been working with them ever since. And thank God. I have not had one client who commit suicide until this day, because a lot of times I was actually telling, uh, who was I telling this morning? I was telling one of my friends, you know, like God would give me this initiative. I remember Mm -hmm. there was a client that, you know, my other coworker was on vacation. He's like, no, you don't need to go see. And I was so happy, you know, to cut the day enough. So I didn't have to deal with the Toronto traffic. And the spirit just said, you need to go see her. You need to go see her, right? And I'm like, but I want to go home, but you need to go see her. And when I went to her apartment, I saw water coming through the apartment, to the, 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 the door. And I'm like, what's going on? 
So I went downstairs and I called the landlord and I said, you know, this is funny. I hear the pipes going on, but it doesn't sound like that client is home. And it wasn't my client, so I don't even know her anyway. So, but the spirit said, you need to get them. And do you know that lady was, uh, I think what happened, she might, might have fainted or something. And she fell on the floor. And it's a good thing she fell on her back because if she had fallen face down, she would have drowned. And a lot, and even the psychiatrist, wow. they like, Elizabeth, whenever you tell us to do something, we do it because for some strange reason, they don't want to say it's the Holy Spirit, but I tell them it is the Holy Spirit. We'll tell you. So I want to give that thanks, you know, like out of all of that, you know, this is a blessing. You know, I've been working with people for mental health and you know, it's not easy to work with people with mental health. And a lot of people will say, how do you do it? But I'm like, somebody has to do it. And and you stepping forward Mm -hmm. is what triggered blessings for for your educational pursuits but also for that lady's life Mm -hmm. yeah um i would like to share also um what blessings i experienced by stepping forward in faith and and studying this book of x of esther i am able also to trace god's timely intervention in all areas of my life um my beloved brother friend when he told me he's getting married and he's not getting married in his home country, but in Liz country, I said, I'm not going to miss it at all. I am going to be his mother-in-law. Uh, what, what, what am I saying? I'm going to be his mother giver. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to be his mother giver. So I, I was in Canada about 30 years, 30 years or more. And what I decided to do is that I, I So we have to get a visa to go to Canada. So I applied for the visa and on the application, a question was asked, have you ever been to Canada? As I said, I was there 30 years ago. So in my mind, um, I'm not going to tell the truth because I don't think that they will keep that record. So I place no on the application, but I'm excited. I got my dress ready. I purchased the ticket even before and, uh, I went back to get the passport and in receiving the passport, when I opened the passport, guess what guys, they had denied me that visa. That day, my whole world fell apart because I I said to myself, how could I not be at my brother and Liz wedding? Um, My best friend, um, the, the guy who I talked to all the time. So my world was shattered, but then I, I said to myself, I serve a God who is more than able. Um, Friends, when I told friends I I was denied, um, I said, I'm going to reapply. I told Exa, I'm going to reapply. Friends said, "Um, there's no way you can do that. The Canadian embassy, they wouldn't give you the visa. From the day I got that denial, I sent in my application the next day. And I said, God, you're going to move mountains for me. I am stepping out in faith. I reapplied and I was on a plane the following three days. Hallelujah. That's how God works. I was able to walk my brother down and to give my normal speech at the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, when you mentioned the um, marriage, I, for me, it was also um, kind of a little bit of a step of faith because I was, 
Um, before we got engaged, I had to say a no to um, re, re going back to my job again. Um, I said, well, no, next year, school year, I'm not going to be teaching again and all that. And so that was for me a step of faith and, and leaving to a whole new country and all that kind of stuff involved in that. Um, but my blessing is this man right here. Hallelujah. You, you should tell <laughs> him the real part of the story. Liz is nervous, right? Because she's like, I'm quitting my job because I need to give them notice so they'll know if I'm coming back to teach in the fall. And then, and then so she's talking to some of her friends. And I want you sisters out there to know she was talking to her sister. And, and one night, Liz called me. She said, so are we going to get married or not? <laughs> I'm like, Liz, that's not you talking. <laughs> but she took a, a step of faith and God was in every aspect of our journey. Yes. Okay. And um, I, I just want to share one thing that I, I took the step of faith by being honest also. Because in the first application, I had placed that I never visited. I was not in Canada. But the second time when I reapplied, I said, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing. So I took a step of faith by doing the right thing also. Susie, that, Susie, that is such a ridiculous story. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Number one, if they discover you, you, you weren't truthful. Number two, they just turned you down a week before. There's no way you're supposed mm -hmm. to get that visa. But you, you, what you're telling us mm -hmm. is our God is a mountain moving, Red Sea parting, fire okay. quenching, awesome God. And I'm sure you've learned now to always be honest. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yes, definitely. I've learned my lesson. Yes. <laughs> I okay. learned it by paying more money. <laughs> okay, let's go on to number three here. We're going to go to chapter six of Esther verse one to four. That night the king had trouble sleeping, so he ordered an attendant to bring the book of the history of his reign so he could be read, so it could be read to him. In those records, he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of Bathantha and Teresh, two of the eunuchs who guarded the door to the king's private quarters. They had plotted to assassinate King Xerxes. What reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for this? The king asked. His attendants replied, nothing has been done for him. Who is, who is that in the outer court? The king inquired. As it happened, Haman had just arrived in the outer court wow. of the palace to ask the king to impale Mordecai on the pool he had prepared. Wow. So here's our tip, God intervening in the nick of time. Come on. Our question, what's a nick of time miracle you've experienced? Ms. Taylor Lewis, it's yeah, your Yeah, so I was patiently waiting for that question. <laughs> so, you know, um, I have learned to look at scriptures in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, when it says, while you are yet speaking, God will answer. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes when you're not speaking, God answer. So this is my story that I really want to talk about. In on May 17, 2020, I, before that, I don't know, I was just sick, getting really tired. 
could hardly go up the stairs, could hardly breathe. And I remember that day, my speech started, in the week, my speech started to go away. Like I started to slur like I was drunk. Oh I remember I, right now I work for the a school board. So I was talking to the principal and then all of a sudden I realized, you know, what am I, what am I just saying? And she kept asking me if I was okay. And I knew I wasn't okay, but I don't know. And then I had another coworker, Dave. Um, and when I talked to him, he's like, Elizabeth, he called me. He's like, you just sent me an email and it doesn't make sense. And I'm trying to talk to him, but, you know, my speech is just like I would say the first word and the rest would go in a ripple. And then my foot was swollen and everything. And I knew I was going to die, but I do not know how. So I've been to the ER so many times and they keep saying to me, nothing is wrong with you because we've done blood work and nothing is wrong. And I remember that on the 17th of May, that Saturday night, I had gone to Toronto because I was afraid to stay in the house by myself because I just knew that was the day when I was going to die. And my, you know, we came back from Toronto, my foot was swollen like three times the size. And, you know, I went upstairs and I started to go through consciousness and unconsciousness. And then I had enough, I, while I was sitting upstairs, you know, somebody came up to me and tapped me three times on the shoulder. And the person said, you need to go to the hospital right now. And the voice was so commanding. You know, like when your parents are mad and they say, don't do this and you can't even beg or negotiate. That was how the voice was. And it was specific. You need to put your Bible, you need to put your phone and you need to put some underwear because you're going to be really sick and you're not coming back home for now. But you're not going to die. Um, you're going to be really sick. And, you know, I kind of turn around and I'm like, who's talking? But then I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Wow. And I call my husband because the hospital is like, five minutes up the road. So my husband said, well, it's 1130. Why don't you wait until the morning? But the spirit was specific. It said, go now. Now it's COVID. And I didn't know that when I went to the hospital, I wasn't going to be able to see my husband. So while we were going on the stairs, my speech came back a little bit so I could talk. And so I said to him, I think I'm going to die. The insurance is in the draw. Tell my kids that I miss them. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So here I am, by the time I reached the hospital, I had no clue who I was or anything, but all I know, I had this presence that was talking to me. Mm. And when the, they did the blood work, everybody came out looking like they seen a ghost. And the, you know, the doctor said to me, are you pregnant? Well, that one I was sure of, that I wasn't. Then he said, do you have HIV? I don't know. I figure, I, I, I don't know. Cause I said, I don't know if my husband cheat. So I don't know. And then he said, do you have cancer? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I could hardly say anything after that. But while I was there, the Holy Spirit said, you're going to have a long name disease. You're going to go through a terrible time. But the diseases that, you know, you could get in the hospital, I will not let them come near to you. The medication that you're going to get, the first side effect is that they will kill you, but you will only get the benefit from the medication. You will not get the, 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 the side effects from them. And I'm telling you, I was sick, sick to the point when I went in. Um, so they had to transfer me from this hospital to another one, which was a Hawaii. And as soon as I reached there, I barely could see 
Um, I all I know they give me papers to sign. I don't know if I signed them or what, because I was so out of it, confused. And then they were waiting for me with the blood machines and everything. So I had to do blood transfusion immediately. And when I went, when I came back the next day to my senses, because after they give me the blood transfusion, then I start to get a little bit of clarity and I could talk again. And the doctor said, who told you to come to the hospital when you did? And I said to them, if you want to believe me, it's the Holy Spirit mm. that told me to come. And the doctor said, do you know that if you never come to this hospital, you would only have two days to live. Oh the reason why you couldn't talk was because your body was shutting down to die. Yikes. And to make a long story short, I had this thing called TTP, which is thrombotic thrombocytopenic pupora. I've never heard that name. Just like what the Holy Spirit said, it was going to be a long name disease, right? And I ended up spending six weeks in the hospital every single day getting a plasma transfusion or a plasma exchange they call it plex. And I remember one day the devil come and he said, don't you realize that if you were getting better, you wouldn't be coming down to get the fusion every day. And then I said to the nurse, is it true that I am not getting better? That's why I'm coming down. And God was so good. The nurse gave an answer. The nurse said to me, you know what? Yours is just a stubborn one. Can you imagine if she had said something else? And when I went back, the spirit of God said, do not listen to the voice of the devil. Right. I told you, you're going to get better. You're going to go through a rough time, but I'm going to bring you through it. And to make a long story short, my brain is supposed to be damaged. My kidneys are supposed to be damaged. My heart is supposed to be damaged. And when they did the, all the other tests, they said they found a, a damage on my brain. And I'm a social worker. I need to remember. So if I don't have any brain, that means I can't work again. I become you know, a person with a disability. My kidneys and the creatine level was high. And six months ago, when I went back to the doctor, God, I, you know, when they told me what happened, I said, God did not bring me this far to leave me. Oh. He said, I'm going to get better and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him because if I had two days to live and I would have stayed in my house and die and God told me to come here, why, why would not God do that? Right. And six months ago, guess what? When I went to the hospital and I did my final checkup, no brain damage, no kidney damage, Hallelujah. no heart damage. Come on. I've been working since like the last almost two, two years now. And I'm still, re I remember all the kids' names from even before I was sick. I remember my password and it's a very long password to get into my work computer. Because when they told me that I'd asked, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't think. And to make a long story short, while I was on my deathbed in the hospital, hmm. I got the full-time job with the school board because my manager said, Elizabeth, you can't die. <laughs> you got to come back wow. and work for us. And I was able to witness to the doctor. One of the doctors came down and I, you know, when I went back from my checkups, I took the great controversy. I took steps to Christ and I said, you need to believe in God. And the doctor said, I want to hear your story, Elizabeth, because nobody Amen. who has this thing that you have come out like this without getting any of those kind of complications. And they said, but you know what? It could come back. And, you know, this is a thing that doesn't get cured. You could come back. Well, praise God. This is almost two years. And I have never gone back to that hospital. Amen. And every day. I get stronger and stronger. I plant my garden. And to, and to end the story, 
when I finally got back to my senses and I came home, one of the nurses said to me at the hospital, did you know that when you came to the hospital that night, because remember, I've been going there all the time and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And the nurse said, did you know that that doctor that was on shift that night is one of the head hematologists and we borrowed him from New Jersey. And if you hadn't come in 1130 when you came in, he would have gone seven o'clock the morning. Oh, wow. wow. Who could it be but God? Right. What if I had disobeyed him? I would not be here to tell you this testimony. And I'm saying this to say that I have never lied down and got six weeks of sleep or rest. And during that six weeks, I get to read the patriarchs and prophets <laughs> from cover to cover, uh, prophets and kings cover to cover, um, the great controversy over again. The steps of Christ over again. You know, and it has strengthened my faith. So sometimes God has to knock you over. Yes. So you can realize that he wants to save you. So mm -hmm. I'm telling you this to give God glory. So now my Christianity is not, we call it in Jamaica, thank you, thank you, like before. You know, I am getting to learn Christ in a new and exciting way. All of those people at school who I couldn't tell about Jesus, now yeah. when they say, Elizabeth, you, you're lucky. I'm like, no, 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 no. I am not lucky. God has given me a miracle and God can give you a miracle if you trust in him. You know, Amen. you know, Liz, whew, I just want to go to my backyard and just shout for a little bit. Apologize yeah. to my neighbors. <laughs> but ladies, I am in wrapping up. I want to say this was a mountaintop experience. You guys powerfully illustrated what God's timely intervention looks like. This has been a real gift for you to share and to give glory to God. What can we expect in episode 11? Episode 11 is full of fire and shouting moments. We are gonna be studying, um, understanding the sufferer and empathizing with them from the book of Job. Mm. And, and we are interviewing Jesse and Vanessa from Hope Ministries. You know Hope Ministries, they have a home for the homeless in Miami. They have an orphanage in Haiti. You wait to hear when Jesse and Vanessa share the journey of this ministry and how they learned how to be um, non-judgmental, how to be less critical, and how to be there for people in their time of need. Tune in. Good. And again, remember that this premieres every Sunday evening at 7.30 on our YouTube channel on plantationsda.tv. You want to share it with your family, with your friends, so that they could hear the good news of God through his word and through his, um, through our testimonies. And just to close now, we'll have prayer. And I am going to have Dexter, if you could pray for us. God and friend, we thank you for the life lessons and the spirit-lifting hope that you have given us through Elizabeth and Suzanne. Bless these anointed women, and I pray you would move them from strength to strength, and bless our viewers that their lives would have been profoundly impacted and changed because of this episode. In the name of our friend and the one who changed our life, Jesus the Christ, amen. Amen. Amen.